to the Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. So today, what I wanted to talk about is a topic I get asked about a lot. It's a topic that I think there's a ton of confusion around, and this is the world of nutrition. And I've done other podcast episodes on this before. I speak about it a lot because it's something that I just see over and over again, people really, really struggling with. And I think I have a very unique and interesting perspective on this because I've not only studied, you know, more clinical scientific nutrition from a scientific lens, but I've also studied Ayurvedic nutrition and I've also studied culinary nutrition and food-based nutrition. And so over the years of, you know, working with, you know, many, many people through their, you know, health and wellness journey and just, you know, seeing and, and having my own experiences, right? My own experiences with the, like the bajillion different like fad diets that there are out there, <laughs> having those experiences, having clients struggle with those experiences, struggling with my own disordered eating, working with clients who struggle with disordered eating. Like there are just what I've sort of distilled down to three basic like rules to live by when it comes to nutrition. This isn't an episode that's really going to focus so much on what you should be eating. I'll kind of touch on that a little bit um, in the beginning because at the end of the day, this is a spoiler alert, but um, the third thing is that there is no one size fits all. So I can't really like tell you like the exact things that you should be eating. If, however, that is something that you want to go deeper into, we have an entire basically like nutrition course within Embodied Ayurveda um, that will literally walk through all of that with you. So if you are keen and interested on, you know, in learning that, I would highly recommend that you go and you check out um, EA, Embodied Ayurveda. I will have a link here in this Facebook Live. I will also have a link um, in the podcast episode for you to take a look at that as well. Um, and if you want some more, you know, information on that, if you want to chat with me personally about it, just send me like a, a DM on Instagram and, and we can chat. Or if you're listening on Facebook, send me a DM on Facebook and we can totally chat that way. So again, I really wanted to create this episode again to just like distill down these three sort of like ways of being um, and three main, um, I don't know what I would call it. There was a word that I used earlier and now it's like escaping my brain, but I, I wanted to give you sort of, yeah, three rules to live by. That's what I think I said. Three rules to live by when it comes to nutrition um, because there's just so much out there and it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the, all of the conflicting information. Think we need some very fancy, really complicated diet, keto, paleo, this keto with a hint of paleo with a hint of this. And, you know, trying to mix together all of these different, you know, nutrition paradigms when actually, you know, what, what we need to focus on, in my opinion, especially at the beginning and, and ultimately let me even take it back a step. I think it ultimately depends on your goals as well. Right. If you are looking for like vibrant health and well-being and you want to feel like the vibrant, most aligned version of yourself, this is for you. If you're looking to like get ripped with a six pack, okay, that's like a different goal. That's like not my zone of genius. You should just stop listening to this right now because like getting rock solid abs is like, there's a totally different thing. Actually, at one point in my life, I totally had abs. Okay. I was doing some form of some crazy elimination style diet where basically like, I don't know, I had like zero sugar, zero grains zero uh, dairy, zero gluten. I still don't have dairy and gluten, but like it was really strict. It was really rigid. Um, <laughs> TMI here, my poops were terrible. My farts were disgusting, but I had rock solid abs, okay? So let me take it back a step. Like 
from an Ayurvedic lens, we're looking for at optimal functioning of the mind-body-spirit continuum here, okay? We're not concerned with rock-solid abs. If that is your goal and, and you want abs and you don't care if you have smelly farts or <laughs> your poop is weird and you poop every few days, cool. You can do whatever style of nutrition works for you based on your goals. But from an Ayurvedic lens, what we're concerned about, what I'm concerned about is supporting people and feeling vibrantly energized. I'm concerned about supporting people in having a really like empowered relationship with their food, in loving what they're eating, in feeling good about that, in feeling good in their body, having amazing poops every day. Like there's nothing that makes me more happy than having a client text me being like, I just had an amazing poop. Like that is what I'm interested in for my students, for my clients. Um, and that might be different for other people. So I do just want to say, oh my gosh, wait one second. Okay, good. I'm recording. <laughs> I record this on an external like podcast recording, you know, sort of situation. And I was like, did I forget to record it? Anyways. So I think it's important to understand, I guess, first and foremost, before I even go into these, you know, rules to live by, these are rules to live by. If you want like vibrant health and energy, if you want to reduce stress and anxiety, then this is the nutrition principles for you. If you're looking for, you know, if you're a bodybuilder or I don't know, you're looking to have like a rock solid six pack, this, I mean, you you may slip into a nice six pack as a result of this, um, but that is certainly not the goal and the intention of this, right? There are more strict, rigid methods and protocols that, that we can use, right? My, my primary concern for people, like I said, is energy, having a fabulous relationship with their food, and of course, amazing poops and digestion because Agni, it's the foundation of health from an Ayurvedic lens. So I'm very concerned about supporting people's Agni. And so we're going to talk about a lot of things in this podcast, but, but I want to start by talking about simplicity. Okay, so the very first like rule to live by, Mel's rules to live by when it comes to nutrition is simplicity. We love, we love to complicate things. We love to complicate nutrition. We love to complicate meditation. We love to complicate our lives. Okay, we're human beings. We love, my name is Mel. I also love to complicate things. Okay, so let's, I'm not exempt from this, but we love to complicate things. We love to, you know, look out on the interwebs and see, you know, the infinite amount of nutrition wisdom that's out there. Try and pull together pieces. Try and make it more complex. I have done this before. My clients have done this before. I had a conversation with someone the other day and she was like, fuck, I'm complicating this, aren't I? I'm like, yeah, but it's okay, right? If you're someone who's complicated in their nutrition and felt like they had to do all of the different things, you're not alone. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just that no one's ever taught you. No one's ever taught you how actually simple it is to eat in a way that's really deeply nourishing for your body. Okay, so like when, when I say simplicity, I mean really like eat real food. It is honestly initially as simple as eating real food. Stop you know, going to the store and buying prepackaged this and prepackaged that, you know, eat out at restaurants as, you know, um, less, right? Make a lot more of your food at home. Eat food that was grown in a garden. Eat food that came from the earth that was grown on a tree. At this point, at this stage of simplicity, you don't even need to get anxious about vegan, not vegan. That's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But anything that was grown on this earth that was, that is real, that is what we want to focus on initially, right? First and foremost. In EA, we, we go deeper into how to construct a complete meal and like what that looks like and how to, you know, structure each of your meals. That's like a that's like a phase two. But depending on where you are, phase one is as simple as eat real food. Okay. So we want to get back to basics in that way. We need to stop complicating things and notice, right? Maybe as like a first step, become aware. Oh my goodness, I'm complicating this, aren't I? That's okay. It's okay if you're complicating things. It's okay if you are, you know, if you're in that in that mindset. A lot of people are. 
So we just want to be aware of, okay, I'm complicating things. How can I bring it back to simplicity? How can I bring more simplicity into my diet, right? How can I bring more simplicity back, okay? So the second rule to live by that I like to think about, and this is where things might get a little a little fuzzy for people, is I'm a big believer. And what spawned, spawned, is that the right word? What sort of inspired the second principle is there's a lot of talk around intuitive eating. I saw something around intuitive eating this morning, and it was this intuitive eating coach talking about how she ate McDonald's every single day last week. And let me first start by saying there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing inherently wrong about eating, you know, McDonald's if that is what you choose. But I just think that it can feel a little bit fuzzy for someone who may be, you know, wanting to adopt a more intuitive eating style approach, but who's also wanting to, you know, feel vibrant in their body and mind. I think it can get a little confusing. And so I want to dispel some myths today about intuitive eating, what intuitive eating really is and how we can best approach it. When I talk about Ayurveda, okay, and the sort of primary area of concern being digestion, that my primary area of concern with people is supporting people in feeling more vibrant in their health and, and, and in their body and in their mind, I think very factually we can all say that eating McDonald's every single day is not the best way to go about feeling vibrant and aligned in our body and mind. In fact, if we bring it back to the very first step of simplicity, eating a simple diet of real foods is probably the best way to go about doing it, okay? And so the second um, pillar, the second step is about cultivating positive discipline. And this might be like an unpopular opinion with a lot of people because I think that we're living in a world that seems to kind of vilify discipline where people are like, just honor your body and like do whatever you want. And listen, like I'm a fan of that, okay? I actually talk about honoring your body all the time. But I think we've got it a little bit backwards in the sense that that notion of honoring our physical body, honoring our mind, honoring our energy, honoring the nervous system, whatever, has become YOLO, do, do whatever you want. And so I think what we need to do is rather than just like disregard discipline, we need to cultivate a new relationship to discipline. We need to cultivate what I call positive discipline. Okay, the yogis knew that discipline or what they would call tapas, that sort of burning fire of, you know, of discipline was important and it was necessary, okay? And, and I think that in order for us to do the work to, depending on where you are as well, where you are as in like where you are with your digestion, where you are with your health, with your energy, there is a bit of discipline that is required to make any level of change, to make any level of habit change, right? And I think something that's important to note too is when I talk about honoring the body, we can talk about it from a food perspective, from a yoga, you know, like an asana perspective, or even from a meditation perspective. But let me talk about it actually from a food perspective. This concept of intuitive eating only works when the system is relatively cleansed, okay? So if we are trying to eat intuitively on top of a system that is filled with inflammation, where our blood sugar is high or the doshas are imbalanced, what we're going to intuitively crave are those things. So if we have high blood sugar and we're intuitively eating, we're going to crave sugar. We're going to crave brownies. Ooh, oh, intuitive eating though. I'm going to honor that craving, honor my body. If the body isn't clear, we're not getting the correct signal. So we're going to crave the things, like I said, like more sugar. If kapha is imbalanced, right? We're going to crave kapha foods. We're going to crave those heavy fried greasy foods. 
And we know that that's not, you know, factually, we're not trying to vilify foods, okay? Because this is a whole other thing, right? Like I said, I've struggled with my own disordered eating. I've worked with many people who have disordered eating. So the third, spoiler alert, the third sort of step is really honoring that there is no one size fits all. So I want to acknowledge that this isn't like absolutely universal. And I'm a big believer in we need to tackle the mindset around our food before we tackle the actual food itself. So depending on where you are, and if you're unsure about this, feel free to like reach out to me or comment in this post as well. We need to get our mind right around food, right? I always say, I was actually reviewing my nutrition module like the other day. And one of the very first disclaimers I make is that you need to approach nutrition being mindful of your current situation. That If you've struggled with disordered eating, you're going to want to take some of this with like, a, with like a grain of salt. And this is where it can actually be really helpful to have a guide, to have a coach, to have a mentor. Because sometimes when we're in the thick of it, when we're in the forest, we can't see through the trees. So if this is you, actually, I would really recommend that you, that you reach out so we can have a, a bit of a deeper conversation about this. But sort of moving back to that, you know, if we are, you know, trying to intuitively eat on top of this inflammation, on top of the blood sugar, it's not going to work. So we do need to get the body a little bit more clear before we can fully and properly intuitively eat as well. Okay. So that is what we need to get in integrity first. And then once the system is clear, and this is the, this is the caveat, okay, is that when the system is clear, when we have balanced blood sugar, when our doshas are balanced, when we don't have inflammation in the body, what we actually crave intuitively is real food, is the simple, real whole foods that I spoke about in the first phase. That is what I'm telling you, why it is so easy for me to live th like this is because I've done that work. I've done that work of cultivating positive discipline. I've learned to love, I love eating healthy food. People think I'm like crazy maybe sometimes where like, you know, maybe they'll be eating greasy food or, you know, I'm in, I'm in India. So last night my husband brought home a samosa for me. And I'll tell you, because I know how that samosa makes me feel in my body, I don't want it. I actually don't crave it. I'm like, I actually don't want to feel like that. Sorry, buddy. So he got an extra samosa. Good for him, right? But the body will start to crave the foods that make it feel good right? So this is what happens when we cultivate that positive discipline. And so I can't remember if I, if I said this before or not, because you know, my, my cough threw me off a little there, but what I like to share with people is this concept of an 80-20 rule. So someone, if you're watching, let, let me know if I already mentioned the 80-20 rule, but we're 80% of the time, 90% of the time, I like to just say most of the time we're eating these real foods and we give ourselves space and permission for like 10 to 20% of the time or slightly more. It's a rough estimate to eat those foods, to, to eat the cake, to eat the samosa, to eat the whatever, right? And that what happens when we do that is that we've set our body up to be strong and resilient so that in the 20% that we're eating the cake or the cookie or the whatever, samosa, <laughs> samosa on the brain now, the body, the metabolism, the agni, the entire being is sufficiently able to digest, assimilate, and eliminate whatever those other foods are. Right? We're making the vessel and the vehicle strong enough in that 80% of the time that physically it's not going to affect us as much if we have whatever it is that we want to have in that 20% of the time. right? And then what that does as well is it stops us from feeling like, again, some of these diets are very like 100%, got to do this 100%. There's merit to that sometimes if you've got some really severe, if you've got celiac, yeah, you're going to want to be 100% gluten-free. right? If you have certain autoimmune conditions, there are foods and ways of eating that you may need to adopt 100% of the time. So this is the advice for people from like the regular, <laughs> regular people like, you know, myself and you who are wanting, you know, this vibrant energy and all of that. Th this is the approach that we're going to want to take, right? So when we have that bit of a balance, it doesn't make us feel like 
we're missing out. It doesn't make us feel like, oh, I'm stuck in this diet. We feel more able to free. That that was my experience anyways. I know it's like, I know I'm a grown ass woman. You know what? I, my friend and I had a realization the other day. We're like, whoa, we're grown ups. We're like, we could go to the store. We could buy a tub of ice cream and eat it for dinner. Like I could do that right now. I could literally go to the store. No one is going to stop me from buying a tub of ice cream and eating it for dinner, but I don't because I know it would make me feel like shit. But it was this liberating realization, right? But I know that nothing is off limits to me. And so I'm going to give you like a, a, a sub tip when it talks about, when I talk about positive discipline is being conscious, right? Being conscious of, you know, the foods that we're eating, being conscious of how the foods we eat make us feel and being the conscious chooser, choosing the foods that you want to eat because they make you feel good or choosing consciously to eat something that you know isn't necessarily going to make you feel good because it's delicious, right? This is something as I was like rewatching that EA module, I was chuckling to myself. I was like, yes, it's all about being conscious and intentional with your choices. There are no wrong choices, right? If you're intentional and you're like, I'm going to eat that cheesecake, good for you. You chose that. The, the issue arises is when we unconsciously, and this is for life, this is a tidbit for life, by the way, the issue is never in doing the thing necessarily. There's nothing inherently good or bad. It's like, did you consciously choose that? Actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't think you should go murder someone. I don't think there's a nice a nice way to intention. I consciously chose to murder that person. Okay, that's obviously like not good, but you know what I mean? In terms of, can't believe I brought that to murder. Whoa. <laughs> nothing is funny about murder. Okay. But anyways, when I talk about food, it's not that there's any foods that are so bad. You should never, 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 ever choose them. Um, but so it's not about, <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> I can't stop laughing about this murder thing. It's not funny. Murder is not funny. Apologies. Okay. So with, with anything in life, it's not that doing the thing is bad. We tend to vilify certain things. So for example, like we might vilify like watching Netflix, right? Like binge watching Netflix. There's nothing wrong with watching a bunch of Netflix if you chose it. The trouble is when we automatically, habitually, without consciousness, choose, or sorry, without consciousness, do something habitually. You come home and you just eat an entire bag of potato chips. You just choose that thing and, you know, you just eat that thing, but you didn't fully, you know, intentionally choose it, right? That is where I think some of the trouble tends to lie, right? And so the final, uh, I don't know if I call these pillars or steps or whatever, but the final thing in like the three ways of, of being around food that I think are really important to understand, and this is something that Ayurveda has really specifically taught me, is there is no one size fits all. There is no one way of eating for the body. There is no one way for, you know, for any, for, for, for all people there is only what works for us. And so what I teach my students is to be like your own like scientist, right? Is to get involved, be involved in the process of choosing the foods that you're going to eat. One of my, I would like to call her my teacher, though I never got to study with her. Her, her name is Guru Jagat. And um, if you're not familiar with her, she actually passed away recently. And she's someone who this is like maybe for a whole other episode. She's someone who's profoundly impacted me via like Instagram. I've never like done a course of hers, but she's been such a prolific um, teacher in, in the yoga space. And so one of the things that she, you know, often shared was like, be a yogic scientist, right? Be, you know, be a scientist of your life, like be your own nutritionist, be, be curious about your experience with different foods, be curious about how different foods affect you. Because, you know, for example, off the top of my head, 
two of the things that I generally recommend people stay away from because they are just science, scientifically quite inflammatory are gluten and dairy. And not every single person on the entire planet experiences an inflammatory, horrible, bloating, uncomfortable response to gluten and dairy. Many people do. I would maybe go as far as to say most people do. But to all people, no, it's, it's not all people. So what we want to start to do is get really present to how does this food affect me and my body, right? And start to be empowered and take control over our experience with food. Yes, it's very important to have you know professionals outside of you to guide you, to support you, and to help you learn how to tune in. But ultimately, one of the things that I aim for inside of EA, inside of my one-on-one coaching, is to really support people in understanding how to tune into their body and to determine, you know, from a long-term perspective, the foods that are going to, you know, work best for them and how to tell and how to, how to tune into their body that way. Okay. So even within the context of Ayurveda, where we have these dosha specific food lists, I always use those as like a guideline for my students. So I say, this is a good place to start based on your constitution. These are the foods that are probably going to work best for you. And it doesn't mean that you follow that list blindly. It means that you use that as like a guidepost and you continue to pay attention. So much of this process is learning to tap back into our own inner wisdom and inner guidance system that knows exactly what it is that we need so that we are not constantly, you know, giving up our, you know, personal autonomy over health and wellness to people outside of ourselves. Just because some diet says, this is how you should be eating. It doesn't mean that that's what's going to work for you. So if a particular diet says, don't eat broccoli, which honestly, okay, like very factually, broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable, which means that it's more gas forming in the body. So for Vata type people, it might be a little bit more aggravating. It's generally speaking going to produce, like I said, more gas in the body, which is not ideal. But how do we know that it interacts that way in every single person on the entire planet? We, we don't necessarily know that, right? So it is important that you, you know, and if you love broccoli, does that mean you should never, ever, ever eat broccoli ever again? Because Mel said it's a cruciferous vegetable and it promotes gas and I'm going to, you know, fart all the time if I eat it. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you want to just be, be mindful of, oh my God, I could go down the rabbit hole here as well. But like, so how does broccoli affect me? Does the way it's cooked affect me differently? Spoiler alert, absolutely. Cooked broccoli, lightly spiced with some oil is definitely going to digest better than raw broccoli, right? So start to get familiar with and start to do the work of tuning into how certain foods are affecting you, how you feel before, how you feel during, how you feel after. And yeah, really just be your own scientist. And like I said, if this is something that you are keen on going deeper into, I highly suggest that you check out Embodied Ayurveda because we go so much deeper into this. I, I've done my absolute best to make this process so simple for you and so easy to understand because I totally get, even as I'm, I'm recording this, I'm like, oh man, this, this could feel overwhelming as you're listening, but I promise you it's really simple and it's really empowering. Like for it, like I, I feel completely and utterly empowered in my relationship with food. Like I used to struggle enormously with disordered eating. I used to feel so anxious about food and unsure about what to eat and confused about all the food rules. And now like, I just, I feel like it's so, so simple. So anyways, if this is something that you've been struggling with, EA is obviously I'm biased here, <laughs> but it is fantastic. So I would highly recommend that you go and check that out. So that is all I have for you today on this episode. I hope that this was helpful. 
Um, I hope that you really took something away from this. Please let me know if you have any questions at all. If you want me to dive deeper into anything that I shared about in this episode, let me know. I'm happy to do another podcast or I'm happy to elaborate and go deeper on anything that I chatted about. I love when you guys... um, when you guys give me feedback and when you guys share and give me requests for episodes that you want to, that you want to hear more about. So do let me know if there's anything that you want to hear more about that you're curious about. Um, shoot me a message, Instagram, you can email me, Melissa at yogifield.com. And I'm happy to, um, support you in that way. I'm happy to create an episode that would be supportive for you. So I hope you're having a wonderful day and we'll chat soon.